0: Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold faith community church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith and apply the word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? What's up? I am so glad that y'all are here on this rainy Saturday morning. It is raining here in Charlotte. Continue to let me know where you are tuning in from. Um, Listen, I just feel like I got a lot to say today. So I honestly, I remember the old days where I would have stuff all over the place. Guess what? That is back. Um, So I I honestly just, I want to get right in. Let me ask you a question. And this is going to be a day I'm going to need y'all to talk to me. I'm going to need y'all to type some stuff in the chat. We need to turn this fan on because I'm hot already and I ain't even started yet. Okay. Here's a question that I have for you right out the gate is where are you committed? Okay. Where are you committed? I want you to think about the areas of your life um where you find that you are committed to doing what God is asking you to do. You are committed to seeing something through to the end. Um, where in your life are you committed? Where? Drop that stuff in the chat for me. Are you, do you find that as a believer, you are committed to Christ and living? Um, like a Christian living, right? I'm committed to being more like Christ. Are you committed? Drop in the chat if you are committed to being a follower of Christ. Let me see. Um, are you committed to your marriage? Maybe you are married. You've said I do. You walked down the aisle. You said for better or for worse. Are you committed to the marriage? Drop that in the chat if it's marriage that you're committed to are you committed to your health I am committed to um, health and wellness I'm committed to growing in my um, growing in my health and wellness I'm gonna be working out I'm gonna be eating better all the things what are you committed to um are you committed to the call that God has placed on your life, and I, I, I'm I, waiting. I know there's a little bit of a delay, but I'm waiting because I really want to see um, where you guys are committed. Now, I know I didn't send an email out this morning. I actually completely forgot, if I'm honest, completely forgot. I planned on sending an email. I did not send an email this morning. I completely forgot. Um, but I, I want you, so I feel like a lot of people are not here, y'all just getting in here. It's cool. Somebody tap type in the chat for me, where are you committed? I want to know where you're committed. I want to see some of those answers, some of the places that in your mind, from your own assessment, you've made a decision, you've been, you have decided to be committed. Um, to some area. I remember being committed to graduating from college. It meant that I was willing to do some things to make some sacrifices. It's like whatever it took, right? Some of y'all are committed to raising um, healthy, well-adjusted children. You are committed. There's something, oh, I'm committed to my mental health and listening to God. Yes. I want to know where are y'all committed? Y'all are committed to some great places. Um, But I wonder like, how can you be sure that you're committed? And I think it's levels to this, right? There are levels of commitment. Sometimes we use words. We say stuff that we want to be true, but in actuality, it's not actually true. Um, sometimes I say I'm committed to certain things, but then when the rub meets the road, I find that I'm not that committed. Sometimes, you know, it's not really a commitment. I, honestly, it's just, uh, it's an interest. You are interested. So maybe you're like me and you're interested. I decided um, last year, sometime last year, I decided that I was committed to living my best life. I was like, I even wrote it down as an affirmation. I am going to live my best life. I'm living the life of my dreams and I'm loving every minute of it. I'm living my life to the fullest. Um, The reason I had that as an affirmation is because you know, for some time since 2020, there were things that I wanted to do, but I was afraid to do. And as a result of that, I feel like the quality of life that I was living was somehow diminished. I wasn't really like fully living out my best life. I wasn't being fully myself and being the woman that I felt like God was creating me to be. I just, I wasn't I just wasn't there, you know, it was the anxiety, it was the stress, it was all the things, you know, I feel like I have great relationships, and I love people, man, I wasn't going nowhere, and I didn't want people coming to my house, and that lasted for years, from 2020, 2021, 2022 came, and I just decided, you know what, I want to live my life to the fullest. And so I thought I was committed. And so you know what I would do? I would like research and think about the things that I wanted to do. I would get some insights, some recommendations, and then I would decide on what that is going to look like. Okay, that means I'm going to go do this. And then I would look up the information. Okay, what is it going to take for me to get here, for me to get there? And then when I looked up the journey, When I when I looked at what it would take in order for me to live my life to the fullest, in order for me to have these new experiences that I was so committed to, um, I realized that, you know, they weren't on my side of town. I live in Charlotte. And if you live in Charlotte, you know, there are all these different little pockets. I actually live in Mint Hill. And so if I looked up something that seemed cool or seemed fun or seemed exciting. If it wasn't on if it wasn't in Mint Hill or Matthews, I probably wasn't going to go right um depends on how long it's going to take me to get there then i also wanted to know like once i get there what is the parking situation going to be like is there a parking lot am i going to have to pay for parking is it a parking garage am i gonna have to find parking and then be walking around somewhere to get to this place it's how crowded is it going to be is it during a very busy time that i want to go and partake in this experience who's all gonna be there who is all going to be at this event? Um, are these some of my favorite people? Are they not my favorite? It's going to be a large crowd of people. Um, I started to wonder about these things. What? And then I would check on the weather. I could make plans with my homegirls and be like, okay, this is what I'm about to do. But I find out it's going to rain that day. Or it's going to be cold that day. So do you know what I did? I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. So now I'm not going. Why are you not going? Well, because it's, it's so far. It's 30 minutes from here. It's 40 minutes from here. And then ain't and no parking and, and it's raining. And so I would change my mind. Turns out that I wasn't as committed as I thought. I was just interested. And I'm going to tell you right now, interest does not even, uh, it doesn't even, it's not even scalable on the commitment level. If we're, we're going to be looking at the levels of commitment, then I can tell you uh, right now, <laughs> excuse me, that if you are merely interested, then you're not really committed at all. Um, but maybe maybe you're more than interested. Maybe you are involved. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like me, you got involved, right? So there were some other goals that I made. I wanted to have more fun in my marriage. Our, our kids are older. And when you raise kids, we raise three children. God bless us. They are alive. You know what I'm saying? We did the best we could with them, you know. We when you raise three kids and you're working and you're running a household, anybody got kids, school-age kids in their house right now, you know what I'm talking about. Most of your time is spent on care things, right? So you taking care of this, you taking care of that, you got a parent-teacher conference, you taking care of laundry. It's just care things. And so for 18 years, if you only have the one kid and if that kid moves out, for 18 years, the focus The main focus of the marriage, even for both of you, even if you like each other and all that, it's really taking care of the house and stuff. And so when these kids get out your house, there is this time where you have to like mentally make the decision, okay, like we're going to, we're going to not just be in this rut. And so I was like, you know what? I want us to have fun. We used to have so much fun when we were dating. And so I want us to have fun and I want us to be more connected. And so, you know what I did? I would plan dates. Um, I would I would look up stuff and I would plan dates and I would put everything in place, even if it meant we were going to have to drive a couple hours because I knew he would drive. And so we were going to Asheville and I was booking hotels. If he went out of town, I was willing to go out of town with him. Even if it was raining, I was willing to go. I, I use my energy. I use my resources and I use my time. But if I'm honest with you, um, if I'm honest with you, I did draw the line somewhere, though. I know, I know, don't judge me. Cause I cause I love this man, but I I draw there was a play I, I drew a line in the sand. And so there were some conditions to my to my commitment to how committed I would stay. Um, he needed to have the right attitude. He needed to be excited, and he's not really an excitable type of guy anyway, but he needed to be excited about whatever my idea was. If he gave any hint that his excitement or his interest did not match or exceed my own, I didn't want to do it. And he couldn't make me mad about something else, right? So in, unrela- in other unrelated news, something else would happen and I would fill away, dates off. <laughs> we ain't dating. We ain't doing it. Bump that. Not gonna do it. And there was a certain level that I wanted him to contribute, right? These were my goals, things that I was committed to, things that I wanted to see happen. I was wanted to take the initiative. But then if he didn't contribute at the level, rate. Right, um, and frequency that I wanted him to as it related to like I was planning things or whatever. again, I drew a line in the sand, and we often do this when it comes to our commitment. It's like, okay, there's a goal that I want to reach. there's something I want to accomplish. there is some place that I want to get in my life, but i'm I'm gonna do this, but I ain't gonna do that. There was this song back in the eighties, I think I will do anything for love. But I won't do that. And I'm not really sure what that is, but I will do anything for <laughs> just a lot. I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. And I find that we are that way. You know, when it comes to whether our goals are relational, you know, we want to build friendships, we want to build community. Well, I'm willing to build friendships and I'm willing to build community with people. So long as right there is a condition I'm, I'm willing to get my finances in order. So long as I'm re- willing to. Um, get my weight in order. Get my physical health in order. As long as I don't have to do these things, I told my doctor. I was like, "Let me tell you something. If I have to permanently give up cheese, I don't know that I can do this. <laughs> you want me to reduce my cheese? Okay. But I don't know that I could do this health and wellness. Whatever my weight gonna be eating cheese, that's probably gonna be what my weight is because I just I not I, I draw, I'm drawing the line in the sand." here and we see that all the time we are like we need to figure out like what level of commitment are we are we on and listen there are levels of commitment everywhere there're even levels of commitment with breakfast right so imagine you serve eggs and bacon for breakfast there's a level of commitment the chicken is involved in the breakfast because the chicken had to expend some energy. I don't know if you've ever heard a chicken lay egg. They sound weird. So maybe it's uh dis. maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's painful. I think the eggs, I think chickens might be on strike right now. They might be in a union or something they demand. Um, higher pay, better working conditions, because a dozen eggs cost you seven dollars, and they the ones full of bleach and pesticides. We're not even talking about clean, happy eggs. We're talking about disgruntled um, chickens laying eggs. You're still paying five, six dollars a cart, but the chicken is involved. There's a level of involvement with the chicken. The pig, however, is committed. The pig is committed. Do you see the difference in the levels of commitment? Chicken is involved in the serving of breakfast. The pig is committed. And so as I studied Acts chapter seven, um, the the Holy Spirit really pointed out the difference in my commitment levels, just (laughs) just like highlighting, putting a flashlight on um, putting a flashlight on some of my levels of commitment in different areas of my life. And so um, I'm looking at Stephen. That's what we're going to be looking at in X chapter seven. I'm looking at Stephen. And do you know what? Stephen is committed, okay? Um, in the urban vernacular, Stephen is Rod or die, okay? Stephen, in other words, is about that life. He has a... Uh, a quality about him that is often coveted among squads and gangs. I'm down like four flat tires, whatever it is. Uh, Men want women who are ride or die. Women want to be ride or die. Uh, Women, they say that in friendships. Oh, I'm a ride or die. Who's your ride or die? Who's your a1 says, they want who will ride or die for you, right? Who is this person that doesn't have a line, doesn't have a chalk to even draw, ain't even got a stick to draw a line in the sand because they will do whatever for you. I started watching Scandal again. Um, I only watched it the first time when it first came out. And so now I'm watching it again. And so I'm in season one and they're talking about Olivia Pope and these people who work for her, they're like, we are gladiators. We will follow her over a cliff that means they have not a stick to draw a line in the sand because they ride or die okay either we're gonna ride and we're gonna do this thing or we're gonna die trying Stephen my boy his ride or die for real for real and so that made me reflect I started to reflect on my own life am I ride or die <laughs> I wonder am I Ride or die, am I right, should I be even, should I even be ride or die? Where should I be ride or die, with who? And so let's get into it. If you are looking for today's um, sermon, the sermon is ride or die, are you fully committed? The sermon title for today is ride or die, are you fully committed? God, we are so excited to get into this word that you have for us, oh God. We're so grateful for technology that allows us to be with you, to gather together, even though we are not in the same location and and we've been able to come from both near and far. Oh God, we are just so grateful for the ability to do that. God, we ask that you would give us ears to hear oh god the message that you have for us and that you would give us the heart to follow through god i pray that this word this message that you have for your people that it would fall on good soil that it would get down into uh, on a cellular level their dna that it would change and transform them that it would compel them to action so that we could die and be more like you and your son jesus name i ask these things amen 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 OK, so let's get into this before we really get into it. Let me give a recap. I know I feel like I'm um, 20 minutes in. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be running the whole time. OK, we're going to run. So I need y'all help me out. I need y'all to drop the scriptures in the chat. We're going to be running the whole time. This recap. OK, so X starts out with the apostles waiting to receive the Holy Spirit. They get the Holy Spirit and now they're doing all these um Signs and wonders and miracles, and as they do that, the disciples are growing in number. There are more and more people 3,000, 5,000 people that are coming to the community. They are sharing things, they are taking care of each other. But with an increase in people, there becomes an increase in problems, and so there's a little bit of disruption. And so, as a result of the increase, as a result of the blessing, it requires for new leaders to emerge, for new leaders to take place. And um, among those new leaders, there were seven that were chosen. Stephen is among them, and his team. Teaching is so effective. His teaching—he is so successful at what he does. He has such a, a reputation about himself that it attracts haters who plot against him. Okay, and so what they do is they—they they get these false witnesses uh, to accuse him of talking trash about the temple, talking trash about Moses, talking trash about the law. And so that brings us to the start of chapter seven. Chapter seven, verse one starts with a very simple question. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? Are these charges true? The question is simple enough. But let's look at the people that we have as we approach this scene. So the people that are asking, these are the count- this is the council. The high priest is the one that's asking, but the council has been assembled. And what do we know about the council? Well, this council in particular, not a council in general, um, this very specific council is the same council uh, that uh, persecuted and accused Jesus, that petitioned the Roman... Um, Authority to crucify him who asked for the other murderer to be released so that instead Jesus could be crucified This is the same people. These are people who are extremely religious in practice, but not sincere in living What does that mean? It means that they're doing all the ritualistic things. They are following Um the letter of the law, but but not the heart of it You understand what i'm saying? What does that look like for us? It's like going to church every weekend they go into church every weekend. Um, they have a Bible, they've memorized scripture, they change their outfits, you know what I'm saying? They don't have on short shorts, they ain't got no daisy dupes on, they ain't got on no hot pants, they cleaver just covered up, right? They're not going to the club no more. So they are they're looking and they're keeping the Sabbath, they're resting, right? They're doing all these things. They are also praying. They fasten. They are keeping all of these things. They're doing all of these activities, but they're doing these activities without their heart being behind it, which means that God does not have their ear. And if God doesn't have their ear, he cannot have their heart. In order for us to turn to God, we have to be able to hear from him. And if my, my ears are closed, right? But I can't hear a word from God. So this prevents them from sincere living. It prevents them from being challenged. It prevents them from transforming. It keeps them um, making an idol of traditions, valuing the traditional activities over the one who set everything in motion, right? And so They also want to hold on to their power. They don't want to share their power. Their power feels threatened. Right now, y'all keep talking about this Jesus, who we already got rid of. Now we got these other people over here still talking about him. And this is going to diminish the power. So they want to hold on to their power. It's not about serving. You have to understand somebody's motive. The actions can be the same, but the motive here, right? Maybe sometimes it's fear, but their motive is greed. They want to hold on to the power. They're not about. They they don't care about you know um, serving the people and leading the people. They don't care. They are actually ignoring all of the prophecies that they know by heart. They've memorized this law, ignoring it. And then we also have the Israelites that are part of this. They're there too. Um, they have a pattern. These folks on the scene have a pattern and history of rebellion from the beginning of. Time from the time that God chose them as His own people, they have a history, a cycle, a pattern of rebelling against God, against the people of God, the will of God, the way of God, the instruction of God, the insight of God, the law of God, the leading of God. They just be out here rebelling all over the place. They, um, they abandon the covenant relationship with God over and over again. Is what they do, they're they not loyal you know what i'm saying they definitely not ride or die let me just i'm just going give you a little caveat they not ride or die uh, they as um as it can be characterized as a community this is the cycle they're on right they just always acted a fool and so then we also have Stephen, who is the main focus here he is one of the seven leaders in charge of the food service for the greek willow widows or the hellenistic jews he's in charge of the the distribution um he's a disciple full of wisdom and spirit of God. And he has a reputation, which is how he was chosen to be a leader. And um, another spoiler, he is martyred for the message. So Stephen stands before the same council that Jesus did, facing the same charges that Jesus did. And like Jesus, he offers no defense. But instead, he reveals the sins of the accusers and their fathers before them. Um he highlights God's presence and faithfulness to them, um, to the covenant throughout the history of the Israelites. And he calls them out. He calls them out. He doesn't beat around the bush. He calls them out for their unwillingness to repent. Um, During this time, he also focuses, keeps his eyes on Jesus. He prays for them just as Jesus did. And and I just want to give you this side note. They also did not have permission to stone him. Um, So the Israelites, let me just see. So the council, right? The Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the temple leaders, they actually, they don't really have like any real power to be doing stuff, they are managers basically over their own people, but they can't even decide to kill their own people. So, if we want to um, stone them, it's not like the old testament times where you know the elders were in charge and they had power. So, the decision to stone somebody, um, laid with them because they were they had the power to do so. okay. Well, he broke this law, and the wages of this is this right here, so they could do it, they didn't have to check with anybody else, they didn't have to go. To outsiders but that is not the case here so they don't even have the official authority to be killing anybody they kill him anyway though they were so eager to silence him this is the question i want you to focus on for the remainder of our time together are you ride or die are you fully committed? I know at the beginning you guys typed some things down that you are fully committed to. You wrote some things out that you are like, "Oh, I'm fully committed to this. I'm definitely committed to that." You wrote those things down, but now we're gonna check and see what the commitment level is because there are indeed levels to this. And I'm gonna give you five questions um, to check your. I'm gonna give you five questions to check your commitment level. If that's okay, Um, if I could get a scribe among the people of God, thank you. Amen. Somebody type this out for me. Um, The first question you want to ask yourself to determine your commitment level or to see if you are ride or die is, are you effectively on assignment from God? I'll ask that question again. Are you effectively on assignment from God? Now, I want to say this respectfully, okay? If you are not, this word effectively is so good, right? If you are not effectively on assignment from God, then don't worry about if you willing to die for your cause you ain't even willing to rot for it you ain't riding means i'm in it i'm in the rot involvement is the lowest level of commitment interest is not commitment interest is interest okay involvement is the lowest level of commitment so you have to actually be involved To be rotted out, to be fully committed to God, you have to at least be involved. So are you effectively on assignment from God? And if the answer is no, you ain't even rotten it. You ain't even rotten. Are you, when I say are you effectively on assignment from God, I mean are you on assignment doing it so well? that you are getting results for those that you serve? Are you affecting change in some area? Are you making a difference? Um, do, are you producing fruit? God told us to be fruitful and multiply. That so the things that we would do would bear fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Um, is it successful? And I don't mean I don't mean the number of people. I don't mean the number of followers. I don't mean the number of clients. I mean is the work that you are doing for God does it have an impact on anybody other than just yourself? Does it even ha- listen? Are you okay, God, I stand corrected. Because the Lord said, I, I said, is it having impact on anybody other than yourself? And the Lord said, well, some of y'all, the assignment is not even to serve other people. Come on, Jesus. The assignment that you're supposed to be on right now is your healing. Come on. So is what you're doing even having impact in your own life, for yourself, in your own mind, in your own body, in your own thoughts? in your own behavior. I stand corrected. Not just are you on assignment serving other people because the Lord right now is saying to somebody that your assignment right now is your own health and healing. Are you affecting change in that? Can you see the fruit of what you're doing? I don't know who that's for, but that's for you. Cause I said, is it impacting anybody else? So the Lord was like, well, somebody, what I need them to be doing is working on they. I need them to be doing something on themselves. Their current assignment is to get healed and whole. Their current assignment is to forgive those that have hurt them so that they can let go of resentment and bitterness. Their current goal is to get a therapist, to get a financial advisor, to read a book, to pray more, to turn off the TV. Right now, your assignment is to grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally. I don't know who that's for, but are the activities that you're doing, whatever it is you're doing, is it effective? Is there fruit? We can see in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen is effective of his, on his assignment. We can see this because I know that he's right out so we're going to look at him, right? We know that he fully committed. So let's see what that looks like. Are you effectively on assignment from God? Acts 6, chapter 8. Now, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people he was effective he was on assignment and he was effective he got something done he was his actions the activities he was doing was bearing fruit he had success he was effective he had impact You can see that in order for you to be ride or die, you have to be effectively on assignment from God. Not have you decided to do something on your own. You can be ride or die for your own stuff. I'm saying, are we fully committed to the call that's on our life? Are we fully committed to the thing that God has called us to? First of all, I got to be involved. means I got to be on assignment. The second question that I have for you. Are you facing the possibility of any danger. Are you facing the threat of danger, some type of risk, some type of opposition? And I'm talking real, not imagined, right? So let let me just break this down. There are levels to this, and the first level is that I am on assignment, I'm effective at my assignment, And while I'm working, I am facing the possibility of some type of danger, some type of threat. There's some type of risk. There's some type of opposition. It is real, not imagined. And I'm going to say this. If you're not doing anything and you are worried about haters, that's your imagination. You ain't did nothing. You don't have haters. You're not doing nothing for nobody to hate on. You got to be doing something. So as a result of my effective As a result of my life bearing fruit, as a result of the impact that I have, as a result of the changes that are happening, as a a result of, of the transformation that's happening because I'm doing these things, as a result of me showing up effectively, I now face a possibility of danger. There's a possibility that there could be a threat against me. There's a possibility of opposition. Can't nobody hate on you and you not showing up, child. You don't have haters, you ain't doing nothing. So you don't you don't actually face any danger. You if you aren't doing anything, um, you safe from haters. Now you you got some other things that you might have to deal with, but you safe from from haters right now. Okay, because you're not doing anything. And I don't mean, when I say real, not imagined, I don't even necessarily mean dire. I mean, because of how I'm showing up, because of the boundaries that I'm setting, because of the routines that I put in place, because of the the disciplines that I'm beginning to practice, because of the work that I'm doing, how I'm spending my time. As a result of that, um, I may not be able to hang out with the people I was hanging out with before. And so now I risk a a season of loneliness. Because I've decided not to have sex before marriage, you know, it's kind of... um, um it's kind of emptied my dating pool a little bit and so you know now I might not be able to get a date or, or you know certainly people aren't gonna be willing to date me there, there's gonna be somebody who's not willing to date me if I start talking about my faith online there are people who don't know that I, I believe in God as much as I do and so some of those people are gonna start stop following me some of those people aren't gonna be my friends anymore if I keep up this standard of how I am Plan to live out my life, the integrity by which I choose to live my life, because this is how God has called me to be. It's possible that I won't get uh, the promotion because, in order to get promoted, you got to be willing to go out and rub elbows, and I'm really not willing to go out and drink and 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 get um you know wasted with the people that I work with just so that I could be there to make. You know, my boss look good or whatever. I'm just not willing to do that. So if I live my life according to this, if I get on this assignment, you know, there there is a real possibility that I'm not going to be able to do something. If I follow God the way he's calling me to, that means I'm going to quit my job and I I run the risk of losing my home. I run the risk of losing my car. I run the risk of losing some things. You understand what I'm saying? But it's because I'm out here doing this work. So there's a real threat of danger. And Stephen is facing danger let's look at acts chapter 6 verse 9 through 11 he is facing since this is not some perceived danger as a result of him being effectively on assignment he is facing a very real danger uh verse 9 reads i'm reading from the niv opposition arose however from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen as it was called Jews of Cyrene in Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilza, Sicilica and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous, blasphemous words against Moses and against God. This is a real threat. So what if they? So what if they? So what if they tell people? So what if they say that he did something he didn't do? So what if they accuse him of blaspheming against God? It's like it's like he said, she said, if somebody said I did this, that's not a real risk. That's not true in this case. We can go to Leviticus chapter 24 verses 15 through 16. And it reads, Say to the Israelites, anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them, whether foreigner or native born, when they blaspheme the name. They are to be put to death. This is real danger. This is not just some he say she say. They are accusing him of something that could potentially get him killed. So he is facing serious threat because of the work that he is doing. It's a real threat. It's not perceived. There are some things that you are worried about. You're worried about people are going to talk about you. They are. You're worried that it's going to change some of your relationships. It will. You're worried it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to sacrifice. Those thoughts, they're they're not all imagined. The moment you said, I'm going to follow Christ, you know, in this life, you will have trouble. So it's definitely, there are going to be some things when you do what the Lord is called. It's going to be some trouble. It's going to be some tight spots. People are going to talk about you. People are going to throw mud on your name. People are going to lie about you. People are going to betray you. People are going to betray you. People are going to step. Yes, that's all a possibility. It's all possible. Some of these risks that you are thinking of, those of you who are in the car riding, Right, those of you who are riding with the Lord, y'all are effectively on assignment, there's a real risk. How committed are you? My third question for you is are you a are you willing to ignore the personal attacks? That's question number three. Are you willing to ignore the personal attacks? This is <laughs> People say things like, well, it's on social media. Don't take it personal. No, it's personal. It's tied to you, to the work that you do, to what you're saying, to how you've decided to live your life, to what you eat, to what you don't eat. People get mad about you deciding to give up stuff for your own life. You know what I'm saying? They mad at you like, hey, I'm not telling you to give it up. I just said I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm not judging you. I'm just making a decision. Are you willing to ignore the personal attack? Stephen did not defend himself. He was willing to ignore the personal attacks. Do you understand that there's only so much time in a day? We got 24 hours in a day, right? Seven days in the, We only have so much time. And any time you choose to partake and engage in one activity, it takes away the possibility for you to be engaging in another um, activity at that same exact time. We call it a cost, right? Um, what is it? Oh, it's like, it's like the cost of your decision. There's a cost to your decision. If I decide to sleep right now, it means that there are other things that I can't be doing. If I decide to travel right now, it means there are other things that I can't be doing at the same time. And this time in history is only available right now and it's never going to come back again. Okay, so if I'm willing to, are, are you willing to ignore the personal attacks to say, I kn- I can hear them, I'm not going to address them, I'm not going to defend myself, I'm not going to defend my decision, I'm not defending my boundaries, I'm not defending my disciplines, I'm not defending my commitment. I'm not, I'm not going to, def- I'm not, there's a personal attack that's happening and I'm not even going to defend myself. I am willing to ignore what they are saying about me. I'm not even going to address it. Stephen did not defend himself. Acts 7, now we're finally in Acts 7, right? Acts 7 verses 2 through 3. To this, he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. Do you know what he continues to do? He continues to... Through the work he's been doing. He doesn't right, let me just paint this picture for you. Okay. I want you to imagine with me. You out here, you're doing your thing. You're so effective. People know about they heard about you. And so now your haters gonna hate, they mad, they've conspired against you, they've called you all kinds of things, they've brought you to um, to to the council, to this leadership, and 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 now they're asking for you to defend yourself. And instead of defending what you've been doing, you just keep doing what you've been doing. Because in this section of scripture, from verse 2, let's see how far this goes. From verse 2 all the way through verse 50, right? Um, no, from verse 2 all the way through verse 43 from verse two to verse 43 his entire monologue his entire response his entire answer for all of that was what reminding them of who God is reminding them of what God has done showing them the faithfulness of God how God promised that there would be a Messiah and just like God has always kept his word even when y'all did not even when you know, y'all know you turned y'all back, even when historically people uh, rebelled against God, God continued to keep his covenant. And just like God made a promise and he kept those promises, um, even though it took a long time, and even though he told Abraham it was gonna be 400 years, he's letting them know that God is sovereign. God has known these things from the beginning of time. Even when he promised to make Abraham the father of nations, he knew that the, the seed of Abraham would go through this oppression in Egypt. He told Abraham so before he even had a son. And so so Stephen is given a sermon talking about God's goodness, his faithfulness to the covenant, um, even in spite of the rebellion of the children of Israel over and over. He he brings um, light to the fact that God promised the Messiah and delivered. He's doing what he's been doing. You know what he was doing before? He was talking about Jesus being the Messiah. He's that He's not defending himself. He's doing what he's been doing, still attempting to make disciples of those who would accuse him. He's still talking to them, still trying to give them an opportunity to do what he's been giving everybody else an opportunity to hear a good word, to acknowledge their sin, to repent and turn. Even those who have conspired against him, who are in the audience, even those presiding over this, um, this trial, for lack of a better word, he continues to do what he's been doing. Are you willing to ignore the personal attacks? Question number four, are you willing to stay the course even when the trouble arrives? Not the, not the possibility of a threat. Not somebody might hate, but they just drug you on social media. They just tried to cancel you on Twitter. They, they pulled you out the friend, the group chat. You're not invited to the birthday parties no more. They're not inviting you to the barbecue anymore. They're not promoting you. They're not talking to you like that. They, they're not inviting you to the lunch table. No, no longer is it the possibility of a threat. Are you willing to stay the course when the threat is at your door? Are you willing to stay the course and continue to do the thing that you said you were committed to do even when trouble arrives? It's easy to say for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. It's easy to say that on the wedding day. Whether you are wearing a wedding dress or a pair of jeans, whether you are standing in a church or in a courtroom, it is easy. You don't. You didn't even really think about it, cause he looks so good, and this is what you've been waiting for, and this this is the next level of your relationships. Taking y'all y'all commitment, come on Jesus, to the next level. He not just you know trying to date you. He's trying to wife you. Okay. And so when the person stands before you and is asking you to repeat and say, for better or for worse, so this is the threat, right? Better or worse, that word or worse means, are you willing to face the possibility of trouble? Okay, Um, for better or worse, in sickness and in health right? So in sickness and in health. So right now they're healthy. And so there's a possibility that they could get sick. Um, and so in the face of the possibility, it's still an easy yes. Come on, Natasha, until death, do you part? It's There's a possibility, do you know what I'm saying? That we could you know, run into trouble. I know that people get divorced, but right now as I stand before him and he's looking good and I'm excited about this new level of commitment and he want to wife me, <laughs> I done found my Boaz, holla, so excited. It's easy to say yes to that commitment, but what happens when worse comes? Then how committed are you? Are you committed to being a wife When worse comes? What happens when sickness comes? And sickness, right? Physically, mentally, come on, Jesus, emotionally, spiritually, come on, somebody, financially. What happens when sickness comes to your marriage? Are you still committed? What happens if they refuse to go to the doctor? They refuse to get help. You made a commitment, right, at the possibility, right, that you would stay committed to this person until one of you died. Death. God calling you or him home would be the thing that would do y'all apart. Our apart, us not being together, right? The due date of our separation is the death of me or you. The due date of our separation, I already know what the due date is. It's the death of myself or my spouse. So at the face, in the face of it, it's easy to say. The possibility of it at the beginning is good. But are you willing to stay committed when trouble comes? When it's at your doorstep, when it's in your house? When it's in your body, when it's in your bank account, are you willing to stay when your money get tight and God called you to full-time ministry? Are you willing, how committed are you then? It's easy to stay committed at the possibility. I mean, certainly it's easier. It's easy to say, I would never put up with that. I would never leave. It's easy to say that because you haven't been faced with it. But when you face with it, this is where they say the rubber meets the road. Are you still going to stay the course? When you publish your book and you only sell 10, are you still going to keep the course? When you launch a program and only five people sign up, when you start a group and only two people are showing up, are you going to stay the course? When you drop the reel, the YouTube channel, when you do the thing and you only get two likes, when you work out and eat all week and that needle on that uh, scale from hell, don't move. Are you going to stay committed when you get off the scale to continue to do? When you get on your knees and you pray about your kids and you get up and they're acting the same exact way they've been acting and ain't nothing changed, will you stay the course? When they get arrested, when they locked up, when there's a diagnosis, will you stand your ground? When the doctor says, yes, it's cancer, we don't know how many days you have left. When the bank says, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to fund this thing for you. When the person decides to leave you, when people... People do decide to cut you out do you decide to stand 10 10 toes down flat-footed for the commitment that you made before that's a different level of commitment when you got to take a hit, when the storms of life come, are you still committed to your ministry? You still committed to your marriage? You still committed to your house? When you realize it's gonna cost you something, it's gonna cost you some time, it's gonna cost you some activities, it's gonna cost you a way of living, it's gonna cost you your old personality. Well, I've always been like this. Well, in order for you to get from where you are to where God is taking you, you cannot stay committed to the old you. Are you committed to going to the place that God has called you to go to? How? committed are you? In the face of rejection, will you remain? Stephen spoke the hard truth. He did not waver or retreat. He didn't allow the enemy to get one step, not a crack, not a foothold. I will not be moved. I will not be I'm going to stand right here on my Post, even though I might have to take a hit, I'm a to weebling the wobble, but I ain't going to fall down. And if I fall down, I ain't going to stay down. And if I stay down, I ain't going to tap out. And if, do you understand what I'm saying? No matter how pain, no matter how hard, how difficult, how much pain I experience, I ain't going to quit. I ain't going to quit. Stephen said, I'm going to do the hard thing. Acts 7 verse 51 through 53. We got to get out of here. Um, Stephen said, he gangster. You feel me? You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. I don't care how hard it gets. I'm going to say what needs to be said. I'm going to do what needs to be done. If I have to say the hard thing, I'm going to say the hard thing. Did you see what I'm saying? Are are you willing to stay the course even when there's trouble? Are you willing to say what needs to be said even if it's a difficult conversation? Hmm. Last but certainly not least, are you willing to die? Are you willing to die? And and I'm going to give you this this little spoiler, okay? In order for you to be fully committed, it requires that you have a ride or die mentality, whatever is called for, whatever is necessary. Death is required. Are you, you you can just skip right down to number five, right? I could have started there, you know? But then then where would we be? We would have had two minutes. I could have started there, right? Are you willing to die? Because death is required. If I want to say yes to the call that God has on my life, if I want to be committed to marriage, then death is required. If I want to be committed to my health and wellness, then my taste buds got to die. Some of my old habits have to die. Some of my own patterns have to die. Right? If I'm committed to being healthily, mentally and emotionally, some of my old responses, my trauma responses have got to let go. I can't just keep saying, well, this is how I've always been. God is required for me to die to myself. He said, I must pick up my cross and die. Death is required. Are you willing to die? Death is required, by the way. Stephen was willing to die. We've been watching him. Let's continue to watch him. Verse 57. I want you to think about what you put in the chat at the beginning. Are you fully committed? Are you ride or die about the thing you said you were committed to? Are you willing to die? Are you willing to die? Let me go back to the ones I asked you. Let me go. Are you willing to die for Christ? Are, Are you willing to die for your marriage, for the health of your marriage? Are you willing to die for your mental and emotional health? Are you willing to die for the calling that God has placed on your life? Are you willing to die for the purpose that God created you for? Are you willing to die? It's a lot of stuff that is gonna have to die. Let me tell you, he could have lied. He could have said he wasn't gonna do it no more. He could have stopped. He could have he could have relocated. He could have been like, well, this was a good run, but uh these people about to kill me, so I can't do this. Oh, I'm about to lose something of value to me, my life. So I'm not gonna do this. He had an opportunity. I mean, listen, he he was a voluntary murder. No, he didn't necessarily wanna be killed, but he didn't say, Well, you know what? I'm you know what. I'm going to walk away from this calling because if I stay here, it's going to kill me. How many times have you thought, Oh, this is going to be the death of me"? Have you ever considered? Maybe that's what God wants. Hmm. Have you considered that? That he wants it to be the death of you. The, The part of you. That's not like him. The part of you that's seeking your own way. The part of you that's, justified in your feelings, the part of you that deserves better, the part of you that's earned better, um, the part of you that's, that, that is not guilty. Have you considered that the thing that, this thing that's causing you this pain and you keep thinking to yourself, I have to let go of this commitment or this thing is going to kill me. Have you considered that, that maybe that's what God wants? That there are things in your life that he wants to die? That there are things in you that must die in, in order for the purpose that he has for your life to be fully re- realized? Stephen was fully committed to the call. By how though? How do I get to this place? Because it seems impossible. It's great to read it because I don't know about y'all. I'm like, it's a lot of stuff I'm not committed to. When I look at this, when the Lord revealed this, when the Holy Spirit revealed this, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm being honest. When the Holy Spirit revealed this, I was like, there are so many things that I've been involved with, um, connected to, interested in, but not at all committed, committed, no, <laughs> fully committed, absolutely, there's so many things that I said I'm committed to seeing this through, it's a lie, I've been lying to myself, anybody else been lying to themselves, so I've been lying, I'm not that committed, if I gotta go through that, just forget it, if I had known that, just forget it, just forget it, How did he get to a place? Because it seems like an impossible place to get to for me to stay, for me to be fully committed. Let's see how Stephen did it. Stephen did it. Acts seven verse fifty six. Acts seven verse fifty six. He said, "Look," he said, "I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God." He stayed focused on Jesus. Where's your focus? Is your focus the project? Is your focus the problem? Is your focus the pain? Is your focus the discomfort? Is is your focus the promise even? Maybe your focus is the promise. Well, God promised me this. So I'm focused on the promise. And this what I got going on don't look like the promise that can derail you. It's not the promise you want to focus on. You want to focus on the promise keeper. He focused on Jesus. He wasn't even focused on the end goal. He focused in his time of trouble, in his facing the threat of death, <laughs> getting ready to be stoned, mob lynching, right? Not even a real trial, just straight up mob mentality. Mob justice is what this is. Mob injustice is probably a better word. You know what I'm saying? He stayed focused on Jesus. Do you know what else he did? All of these things that I told you about, Oh, we at our end? All of these things I told you about, he followed the example set by Jesus. (laughs) So good. It's so good. How can I be fully committed? I can can be fully committed when I keep my focus on Jesus and I follow the example that Jesus followed. I'm going to go back to chapter 7, verse 59 through 60. Y'all with me? Stay with me. Verse 59 through 60. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord, Jesus receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. How about how how about this? How about everything that 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 everything that Stephen did, Jesus did. Stephen is following Jesus's example. He was effectively on assignment from God. He was facing real opposition. He was willing to ignore the personal attacks. He was willing to stay the course even when they came against him and he was willing to die and he did die. And at his death, what did he say at Jesus's crucifixion? What was he saying? He was saying, father, says, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he was like, it is finished. He was committed to, he was a Jesus was the original ride to die. He was willing to die. He, Stephen followed the example set by Jesus. I mean, if I changed up some of these um, activities, it could be the life of Jesus because Jesus was effectively on assignment from God. Who sent Jesus? He was the word made flesh. Who sent him? God sent him. Jesus came and he had. Effect he was doing signs and wonders and miracles and preaching and teaching. He faced the possibility of death. They were trying to get him all the time. He was bobbing and weaving and slipping through the crowd and moving. You understand what I'm saying? Um, he was willing to ignore personal attacks He didn't he didn't say, Oh, well, that's not true. No, he was willing to ignore that stuff. He was like, Man, I ain't got time for that. Let me tell you what it is, let me educate you. He was willing to stay the course and he was willing to die. If we want to be, if you want to be fully committed, any area in which you want to be fully committed, you need to stay focused on Jesus and you have to follow the example of Christ. This is my question. Are you fully committed? Are you fully committed? And and do you want to be? Are you fully committed? Listen, let's be honest. When you start looking at this stuff and you start looking at what it takes to be fully committed, then sometimes you're like, you know what? No, nah, I don't I don't want to be. I don't want I'm not I don't want to be fully committed. I don't want to be fully committed. I changed my mind. I'm not I'm not interested in being fully committed. I don't want to do that. Right? If you want to be fully, if there is an area of your life in which you want to be fully committed, let me tell you something. You need Jesus first. The first thing you have to do before you can even say you ride for the Lord is you have got to die first. That's actually the first thing on the list. You have got to die as the the leader and the Lord of your own life and allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You have to accept Christ If you want to be fully committed to the purpose for which you were created. And so maybe you haven't done that yet. Maybe you haven't died to self yet, but I want you to say this prayer with me. Um, Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord And Savior, I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me. Thank you, Father God, for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Thank you for saving me and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If you said it, you believe it. That settles it. Let me be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Um, be sure to send us an email. If you have just said that prayer for the first time, send us an email at praise at ultimate We wanna do what we want to connect with you, get some resources in your hands to help you as you begin this journey following Christ. Maybe you've rededicated your life or you've just decided, you know what? This is where I need to be. God is calling me to get planted in the church and this is gonna be my home, Bold Faith Community Church. Send us an email and let us know, hey fam, I'm a part of the family and I need to get connected, get plugged in. And someone from the care team will send you an email. Now listen you know that we are not done. If you want to join us for the conversation and I pray that you do in our life group following this, then you're gonna go to bit.ly slash boldfaithchurch.org. It's gonna send you the details of the Zoom link, right? It's gonna send you the details so that you can get in the Zoom and you can get in conversation. Don't duck out of church early. First of all, we need to know, are you willing to die? We need to see what our level of commitment is and see, you know, honestly, what steps do we need to take so that we can move that commitment level up? Maybe I'm not on assignment yet even. I haven't even gotten on assignment, so let me start getting serious about my assignment. This is not about judging you for whatever level you're on. It's about being able to identify the level that you're on so that we can then develop the steps necessary necessary to get you to the next level, okay? So don't leave. Be sure. Now, listen, if you love this, be sure to like this video, share this video, hit the like button, subscribe. Um, I know the email didn't go out this morning, but as soon as I get off this live stream, we're going to send the email out so that you can have the Zoom link. And then we're going to get in conversation. We're going to connect and talk about uh, what God is calling us to do in this season. I don't want y'all to miss it. If this has blessed you and you want us to and you want to help us get messages, this messages like this about the love of Christ, about the transforming power of um committing our lives to christ we want to take that message out all over the world and you want to support us in doing that then you can give your tithes and offering at boldfaithchurch.org go ahead and do that as you get ready to come over into the group um you can set up reoccurring giving you can do a one-time donation um but that is where you can go to help us do the work that god has called us to do we could not do this without your generosity all right I love you guys, and I will see you over in uh, the Zoom group, okay? Love y'all. Listen, oh, wait. Maybe you're watching the replay. Still go to bit.ly slash Bold Faith Church. Do you know why? Because it's going to get you on the list so that you can get all the information so you don't miss us next time, and you don't miss the Zoom call with us next time, all right? I love y'all. Later. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.